Welcome to Fundamentally Human, a podcast about mental health topics unpacked in an easy to understand way. My name is Shervin and I'm your host. Let's get started. Today we're joined by Jean Yoon. She's the program manager for a tech incubator called Launch. Outside of work, she runs her own business called Kiri Crafts Co., but some of you may know her better as a previous Twitch streamer, Kiri Autumn, who had over 40,000 followers. Welcome, Jean. Hi, thanks for having me on this podcast episode. It's really an (laughs) honor to be here and be able to talk about this. Thank you so much for being here today and talking about how you navigated and coped with online hate, which unfortunately comes with being someone who has an online presence. And before we jump into that, can you share a bit about your background and how you got into full-time streaming on Twitch? Yeah, no, definitely. So uh, it started a very long time ago. I guess you can kind of call me a dinosaur now. Um, (laughs) Well, all my life, I've pretty much been a gamer. I've loved video games. And back in my first year of university, uh, I started a gaming club at SFU. And one of our members was like, hey, like there's this really cool thing that just like came out called XSplit. And you can essentially um, stream your games for your friends and stuff. And we're all like, yo, that's so cool. So uh, we all decided to like start streaming. Um, and back then it was on this platform called Own3D. And so it was like, you know, just friends uh, chatting, playing with them. It was really cool at the time. And uh, eventually I realized that uh, with some traction, I started to kind of build up my viewer base to a point that it wasn't just like my friends watching me anymore. I started to get in um, interest from like actual like strangers, like internet strangers. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. So um, eventually I was able to um, get an opportunity to get featured on TSM, uh, Teams a Little Mid, for those that aren't familiar. And uh, that's where everything just kind of exploded. Um, I got to a point that I was able to actually start making revenue. And that's when streaming became kind of more full time for me. And you were streaming more around 2013. Is that right? Yeah, so I started, I would say, I want to say 2012. <laughs> That's probably going to say a lot of my age now. <laughs> um, and then I would say that, yeah, like 2013 was probably the peak where I was, yeah, it was rough. I was streaming like eight to 10 hour days and totally neglecting school, but streaming at that point was like my life. <laughs> wow. And I imagine there's probably so much you have to think about making sure you get ready for the day, the angle, everything's ready to go, what you're going to be doing. And right now I see a lot of people, they're streaming games or just talking or just looking at random things online, even there's so many different streams out there. And I, yeah. and I think back to 2012, and there wasn't really much of streaming. So having 40,000 followers is so amazing for that time frame because I think it was mostly just even YouTube videos was the only thing going on then. How did your parents react about you focusing on streaming and instead of school at that time when streaming was such a small thing? Oh, they, you know, just like any <laughs> typical Asian parents, <laughs> they were very, um, uh, well, I mean, initially, like, I never had a really 
good relationship with parents at that point about my gaming especially um they just like between me and my brother they just hated how much time we were spending on gaming um they think they thought that you know we were wasting our lives away and then you know adding on the fact that now I was like putting my face out there in front of a bunch of like internet strangers like my parents were just like really unhappy they were like what are you doing like why are you like you know exposing yourself like it's almost like perverted <laughs> what you're doing and yeah they did not have a <laughs> good time kind of adjusting to this oh man even for me so I have an older brother and we're the complete opposites where he never really gamed and I was the one who did a lot of more sports and games and my parents would always think I'm wasting my time doing these mm-hmm. things but you know those were my interests and just because they didn't see me study at home because I was study at school or at the library it doesn't mean I was still doing my work or my school work and they would always see gaming as just you know you're making a lot of you're wasting your potential and your time yeah. why aren't you studying instead did you find that your parents eventually got used to it and they accepted it or it's just been an ongoing battle? So actually with time. So I think it was around like 2013 um, when they started to see how uh, big I actually was like um, back then, I think I was able to average around like 1200 viewers a day. every time wow. I was live and um, pretty much I was like in the top. Um, and so when I was like telling my parents, I'm like, look, like this is, I'm like literally in the top percentile of streamers. Like this is actually something that I can build a living off of if I work hard enough. Um, I think for them, you know, as soon as they heard that I was like able to make money, <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. Like their tone kind of <laughs> changed, but they were still, you know, they were still uncomfortable with it. Um, I think the, it was actually kind of interesting because um my old school viewers will know like there's always these like funny interactions with my mom coming into like my room and like they'll just be like you know she'll be yelling at me from the side but like my viewers just like loved it and so in a way like I think my mom started to kind of enjoy the reaction as well because she kind of I would like translate for her what was going on in the twist chat and then it was kind of like she was like also kind of being a part of it so I think I think that was kind of maybe the beginning stages of them kind of opening up um, a little about the whole idea of streaming. Um, it really did help though that uh, my mom's church friends, when she explained to them what I was doing on the side, they all were like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, you know, she could be like the next like YouTuber, like, you know, them, <laughs> everything's the same, right? Streaming. Yeah, YouTube. yeah. <laughs> And they were just like gushing about how cool it is that, you know, I was doing something that was so unique, like becoming kind of like a internet famous, like that's like, you know, e-celebrity. So my mom was just like, oh, you know what? Like maybe it is really cool. So I think that was kind of a really big turning point where they started to become more supportive. Like they weren't like, oh my gosh, are you going to like stream today? Like they weren't supportive in that sense, but they were kind of like, oh, like how long are you streaming today? Like don't forget to drink water um, and like stuff like that. So it was really nice to have that, you know, uh, support coming from them. And it reminds me of just in general, I feel that our parents, they don't really, a lot of them who might not have moved to Canada in an earlier age or in a more Western society might not be so familiar with a lot of these Mm -hmm. things. 
like for me, my parents, they only knew science, arts, and business were the only majors that you could do in university, but they didn't realize there was like kinesiology or different types of business or engineering things. Well, they knew engineering, but either way, they, it's like you said, they group everything together, but (laughs) when they start seeing that there are different types of jobs out there, that's not just like a lawyer, doctor, you know, all the typical things Asian parents want for us that's when they become more supportive and even with my own journey towards being a therapist it's it was such a battle in the beginning talking to them about what it is of course they were happy it was some type of master's but I still got kicked back that why are you not doing a master's of science what kind of Uh job are you going to do why is it a master's of arts and so it's kind of funny how in that sense title means a lot to them but over time when you show them what it you're doing and what it actually means they become more supportive and that's just really about educating them about mm-hmm. what you're doing. Definitely. Like, <laughs> I feel like their world, their access to the world was much more narrower than ours. Like we have so many more opportunities. We have so many more like ventures and directions that we can go. And I'm honestly feel very grateful to my parents for, you know, that's the reason why they wanted to come here. Right. You know, that's why they wanted to come um, move us and start a whole new life is to give us these opportunities. And I think, yeah. I'm forever grateful to them for that. Me too. Despite the sometimes arguments and annoyances, I know they usually mean well. <laughs> well, they always mean well. and They just want to make sure we survive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on the topic of survival, I do spend a, I did have spent a fair amount of time online, you know, whether it's going through Reddit or playing video games. And there's a lot of, toxicity that's out there a lot of cyberbullying and when I was doing a bit of research on why cyberbullying is so prevalent a lot of people will say things like well it's because people can't see you and they don't know who you are so that's one of the major reasons why there's so much cyberbullying there's no barrier to entry anyone with an internet connection and and a device can do it And there's also minimal to no feedback from individuals who are affected. So those bullies or those hateful comments will continue to happen. It's like if you are streaming and your chat, someone goes off, you might be able to point it out, but you're not going to spend so much of your time just pointing out the hateful messages. But that doesn't mean that you're not seeing them and you're not getting them. How did you deal with the negativity and toxicity that came with streaming? (laughs) (laughs) Jumping in strong. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say because I feel that even now, sometimes like I feel remnants of the aftermath of um, being a streamer and being just part of the online community in general and develop like in a way... um, over time, I did develop a thicker skin, but definitely even just like when I what before I started streaming, like being a girl, you know, going on voice comms, like you're just, it's like kind of like an open invitation apparently to just like talk shit to you or like, you know, sexual harass, sexually harass you. Um, and so I think the, I guess the one way I've really kind of had to deal with it was just trying to brush off a lot of the commentary that I would receive as much as possible. Um, One thing that really helped me was to even kind of like 
diff like laugh about it. So I guess like, for example, when I'm streaming live, um, there'll be like, you know, trolls that come by and they'll be like, oh, like this bitch is ugly or like, oh my God, like who the fuck wants to watch this like boring person? And I'm like, oh my God, guys, like seriously, come up with a better like insult, you know, at least target something that's like more personal. And I think like having the support of my viewers there with me and also like making fun of this guy that was trying to, you know, troll us, like it just was a little bit more empowering for me to feel like um, less hurt by it. Um, there's definitely times though, like obviously um, that it, it like chips away at you when it happens so frequently. Um, I mean, I mean like the other, like <laughs> a while ago, like I actually found this like forum, for example, uh, where they were uh, comments, like there's a thread that was like commenting about like different female streamers and they were just like tearing everyone apart. Like um, they were saying things like, oh, like, you know, Carrie got like plastic surgery or like, oh my God, this bitch is like an attention whore. And I just like, you know, like looking back at it then, I was just like, this is actually kind of hilarious. But I know that when, um, if I read that like years ago when I wasn't so um, mentally like stabilized, like I definitely would have taken that really badly to heart because it's like all these people making these comments like they don't know who you are but then they try to like attack you as if they do and they know your character just from you know who you show yourself on um as a streamer so in a way i think i took that a lot harder but i would say that the my community was the driving force that kind of pushed me to kind of keep going and to kind of keep building up that resilience um, to just, yeah, brush off as much hate as possible. So yeah, and that's so much to take on and it's not necessarily something you can control what people decide to say. It really struck home when you first mentioned about how you use voice comms and you might be talking in the game and people hear you're a girl and how it's an open invitation for harassment mm -hmm. and it's just sad to say that this is still something that happens. And I'm very fortunate where I mostly play games with a group of friends. So we're a full party, but you know, there are times when we have randoms in our team. And for the longest time, I was really scared to even talk or use my voice to talk and I would just type. And sometimes it would just be too hard to type um, really quickly during rounds. So I would end up talking. And there was one time where I was in a game by myself. So there were four other randoms and I decided to talk because it was faster and more convenient. And the moment they heard me, they're like, oh, can you moan for us? It'll motivate us to play better and kept making really inappropriate comments. So I eventually muted them. But, you know, this happened probably last year and I still remember it because I can't believe someone would say that. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunately the reality of things not that that's an excuse but what I'm grateful for now is there are more female streamers mm -hmm. who are talking about these type of issues that are happening to respect all types of players no matter if they're male female or however they identify themselves so I'm really grateful that you're sharing this part of your story and you know letting people know that it can be tough being female and then streaming and no matter what you are I know that males can also receive some of that harassment 
And when you talk about your community being so supportive for you, how did you build your community? Um, <laughs> with time, I think is like the biggest thing. Like even now, like I have such a strong friendship with some of my even like the earlier viewers that I had back when I was like literally sitting at like you know five ten viewers or under 20 even like um they've literally grown up with me over the years and I don't know why they decided to you know decide to pop on my stream but um I think though they're kind of like the key pillars of helping me build the community as well um like without them like they're you know it's how do I explain it like yes like a part of it is like you know the streamer that brings in the community but I think people tend to overlook that the community itself it's it's like own ecosystem in a way and when you have these like amazing people that are part of that ecosystem then you just bring in more like also like reproducing people. yeah <laughs> yeah like <laughs> like positive babies <laughs> yeah, like, I like it's like a like I don't know how to explain it like I because like generally when I think of it it's like when I'm streaming right like most of the time like I'm not actually able to talk with or interact with the chat directly but I have these like amazing mods I have amazing friends I have amazing like twitch viewers in the chat that like you know they're the ones that are encouraging these discussions or they're the ones that are contributing to building this like positive and more like welcoming community. Like, um, and you know, I like, I can't take, I mean, I guess like, you know, part of it is like, um, you know, um, being able to like, part of me does contribute to it, but like, I would say most of the credit does definitely go to the people that are in that community. When I was like the last couple of times I was streaming, like um, every time we have a new viewer in, um, that had a couple questions like everyone's like so friendly they're so welcoming they're just like hey man welcome to the stream and like it's it's really nice to see that just like happening on its own and um definitely want to say like it's my community just built itself <laughs> yeah and I'm a big fan of imagery so I love that you called it an ecosystem and how <laughs> the community built itself because you know, it is true. You need a lot of different parts, like the trees, the sun, the water, everything to kind of build it and to let it thrive and to become beautiful. And, you know, everything's working together to make sure it becomes the way that you want. And, you know, there are going to be pests or really big predators that you might have to take care of. And, you know, I'm hearing there's a bit of a theme going on here that things happen over time and, you know, getting those followers, it happened over time, your parents becoming acceptive, accepting and you working on those negative and toxic comments. It's just about, you know, taking it in one comment and one move at a time and getting stronger from that. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I have this motto that, I kind of try to share with others too that are you know struggling with like depression was a big one for me like mm -hmm. um I always like to try to say is like you know it doesn't matter like um how big or small the progress is that you make for yourself it's like as long as you keep going and there's going to be days that you know you might stumble you just need to take a pause and a break for yourself but just you know never give up on that just keep pushing even if it's like you know centimeter even if it's like a full inch that day like just as long as you're trying to keep moving forward then 
you'll eventually get to the point that you'll be happier um, or at least have a brighter perspective on your life that'll make you kind of give you the strength to kind of keep going a little bit more you know <laughs> so and I want to add a little bit to that when you talk about keeping going I think you bring up a good point you know sometimes you have to pause and I think pausing is even a form of continuing forward because you're giving yourself that break so you can recharge and re-energize so you could produce the content that you want so there's quality there Mm -hmm. and a lot of people they might think about pausing or taking a break as a sign of weakness but instead I think it's really vulnerable it can be such a vulnerable moment to take a pause and doing that just shows a sign of strength that you recognize and you're self-aware that you need to have that break so I like that you know keep going (laughs) take breaks that's needed and you'll get to where you want to be I know we touched a bit on the negatives of the streaming what were some of the positives that came out of it oh there's a lot (laughs) I mean um like the first off is just the lasting friendships like I know I keep talking about my viewers but like honestly like even now like I think the only platform I've been more active on now is Instagram it's just amazing that I can still talk and connect with like my friends like from the Switch community like even though like everyone's kind of like you know just like how I've grown up like everyone else grown up they're you know their lives are busier like some of them are married now some of them are having kids like it's it's crazy but you know at the same time like we still talk and we still catch up and like to me like that is like like it's just really cool to me um and uh I think the other you know positives that came out of it is like before I got into streaming like I had so many self-esteem issues like I um like I just wasn't confident in who I was and I didn't really know. Um, I always felt like I was trying to blend in with other people and kind of assimilate to their personality. So I felt like I was never like an individual of myself. I always felt like I was just um, pieces and influences of people I wanted to be like. But getting into streaming like over the years like I started to realize like you know parts of myself that were me that were uniquely me and through that journey like I realized like I think I was able to come out and be like hey like um this is really who I am obviously I think um there was a bit of time that I struggled because I felt my identity was too ingrained into the streaming person I was but after that I think um, I was able to kind of push out and be like Jean. <laughs> um, yeah, like I think those were most the key, key the two key um, positive outcomes that I've gotten from streaming for sure. Definitely sounds like you had such a great opportunity to figure out who you were as an identity, not only online but just as a person. Because I can imagine it can be so tiring trying to keep up a persona where everyone sees you all the time and worrying about slipping, mm-hmm. but eventually <laughs> just figuring out like, you know, this is who I am and whether or not people like it, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you did 
eventually stopped streaming full time and it's been a while now. Can you share more about that instance or why you stopped streaming? Yeah, definitely. It's probably going to be kind of a longish uh, story, but um, I'll try to keep it um, simplified. Uh, essentially, uh, a while back, there was someone that was going around by an Elias um, and he was specifically targeting uh, female streamers and, you know, it didn't matter if they were like, like, you know, um, small streamers or, you know, you're a professional or like the big leagues, like he just targeted everyone. And it got to a point that um, the harassment was just escalating. Um, so specifically for my situation, um, it started off with, you know, um, verbal, I mean, I guess, written threats that he would dox me. Um, so which means like, you know, he would uh, essentially like hack my personal information and release it online. And then he threatened to like DDoS me, which is essentially like disrupting um, my internet service. Um, so every time I did try to stream, my internet would cut off. Um, every hour or every half an hour, or it would stay turned off as long as he wanted. And at that point, like I, I was still trying to like kind of push through it. Like I didn't really see it as a big deal, but um, it started, the harassment started to kind of escalate even more. Um, he did end up releasing my personal information. So everything from, you know, my birthday, my address, um, my phone numbers were online. Um, and uh, it somehow got out to, I guess, I don't know if it's his friends or who it was exactly, but these group of like kids got um, our landline number. And the thing is like, uh, back then um, my dad was going through chemo. Um, he had lymphoma, I think stage, stage three. And so he was home resting all the time and we started getting every time I turned on my stream, we started getting these calls to our landline. And so my dad would pick up the phone and it would just be these kids like talking shit to him. I don't know how they found out that like my dad had cancer, but they started saying shit like, oh, like you're gonna fucking die soon. Like, oh, we're gonna be like, you know, effing your wife when you're up in heaven. Like they were saying really, really vulgar um, things to my dad. And my dad's like a very like, like strong guy like he's very I look up into him he's, he's really strong he's very tough like he's very has a lot of pride like he would just kind of like you know talk back to them and stuff and like it this kept happening and um they eventually escalated into like um the police coming up to our house this was like a, the precursor for swatting but every time I turn on my stream um there'd be a knock on our door an hour or so later and um, there'd be two police officers um, just asking, saying that, you know, there's a domestic um, disturbance happening in our house. And it was very hard to explain to them as well what was happening. Um, when, because back then, I think even now, our, the police force, they're not very equipped to know what, you know, cybercrime is and stuff like that. So it was really disappointing to hear them say like, oh, well, you know, um, just stop what you're doing. Just, just stop whatever this streaming thing is and it'll stop. And I'm like, you know, like I, like it was hard because on one hand, like I felt this internal pressure to stop because 
it started getting my family involved, you know, like the calls, my dad and um, just like them showing up to our house, like the call, they came on the call disturbance, like one of the calls that they came in on, my dad was actually out for a walk that night. And so when the police actually came up to our house, um, it looked really suspicious because the neighbors um, called saying that um, my parents were getting into a fight and it, there was like glass breaking, there was like shouting and screaming. And so it sounded really bad, you know? And so it was really, really suspicious when the police came and opened the door and they just saw me, my brother and my mom and my dad's just not there. And we tried explaining like, oh no, no, he's just on a what hike. And then they're like, are you sure? Like, is everything okay? Like it, it got really serious. And so when my dad did come, like he was just really confused about what was happening. And I think, yeah, it was just, it was just a little, it was hard for sure. And I think that kind of um, solidified that, you know, I can't, as much as I love streaming at this point, like, like my whole life revolved around streaming. Like I just knew that I couldn't keep this happening anymore. And so I made the decision to just kind of um, quit because I considered a break. Um, I think going through all of that um, took a huge toll on my uh, mental health as well. Um, and I guess to talk more about this in depth, like, you know, there's a lot going on in the background too. Like, you know, aside from the harassment, like, you know, just the fact that my dad was, had cancer. Like, I think I was just trying to like block out a lot of the things that were happening. And I was like struggling with school. And I think at this point, like, I just didn't know what to do or feel like I, it was a very, very low point in my life. And um, I think even thinking back at now, like it still brings up kind of emotions because I realized like how empty I felt about everything. Like even though all of this stuff was happening, I still remember just feeling like blank about it. And um, uh, actually, Funnily enough, like, I think that was when I realized that I was uh, depressed, <laughs> um, severely depressed. And, you know, uh, when back then, like, you know, I didn't really understand what depression was. Like, for me, I always kind of thought, oh, like, you know, um, depression is when people have, like, are feeling suicidal, or like, they, you know, they just want to end their lives. Like, that was my um, thoughts on what depression was. So I didn't think that, you know, depression could just be kind of like feeling nothing or just like an emptiness and, or just like not being, you know, like just, there's a lot of things, I guess you can describe depression as, but, um, yeah, like that was definitely a very dark point in my life. And I realized that, uh, I was severely depressed and, um, even, uh, it took me a while to kind of look back and realize what it was that I was really feeling back then. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, that was a very long um, story too, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And it's not easy to talk about these things. And, you know, it just shows how strong you are that it was something that your life revolved around streaming and it was such a big part of you. You have such a lovely and positive community. 
and it was just took me a few people to really ruin that for you and it's something a lot of people don't really see Mm -hmm. because we choose not to talk about it because we want to respect the community and the stream and to preserve it. But I think it's so brave of you to share about this and to shed some light on the behind the scenes on what happens. And it's so much more than just turning your camera on and playing games or just talking. There's so much behind the scenes or things you're thinking about talking to your mods to become a streamer. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) You talked a bit about feeling really depressed for a certain period. And I like how you mentioned that with depression, a lot of us might think, you know, it's when you're suicidal and that depression equals to leading to suicide and you know it's not the case and it looks so different for everyone you mentioned about being very blank and feeling very in a daze kind of like you're not sure what's going on for some people it could be just seeing no enjoyment in anything others could be having a really hard time to get out of bed in the morning depression is such an abstract and invisible disorder that a lot of people are can be so quick to judge and think oh why don't you go get diagnosed why don't you go take medication so many different excuses but what they don't realize is you know with depression it's not something you can easily just go to your doctor to talk about because you're trying to understand what it is you're trying to figure out what might be best for you And especially in Asian culture, Mm -hmm. depression isn't really a thing for us, or that's how I grew up, at least. If you're feeling sad, get over it, just move on. And, you know, it's all willpower. Any sign of sadness or depression is weakness. Mm -hmm. During that time, uh, when this happened, was seeking out mental health treatment something that you considered? How did you battle that period of depression um I mean from the point that I stopped streaming completely and then to the point that I realized when I was depressed like I think like you know I think you brought up a really good point where you know generally in Asian culture you kind of tell yourself like okay you gotta like fight through this like there's no such thing as like you know you're just being weak and stuff like that and that was kind of the mentality I took on about it too like before I realized like depression um was what I was struggling with like I try to keep up this like happy face I was trying to like force myself into being happy because I thought why am I you know um I kept beating myself up over and over again I'm like okay like I have a great life like I have this I'm like you know living I um have food have a shelter so I'm like why do I still feel like so empty and so I remember just trying to like force myself um to keep trying to like make each day better but I just couldn't like shrug off this kind of like weight inside my chest that like something was like really off for me and so I started to um talk I had a friend that was a very close friend of mine that I could talk to about more I guess um more like personal things and more deeper conversations and 
So I was started to try to talk to them about what it was that I was feeling and um, what it was that like I was feeling is like he, well, actually I started to write about the feelings that I had. Um, I started kind of blogging it um, onto a personal blog of mine. And um, one of the blog posts I wrote actually got quite, a response from my followers and such. And I believe one of them had mentioned to me, like, you know, like I'm going through, like, he's like, you know, I'm like depressed as well, but this, uh, what you wrote really like, you know, described it for me. Or like the, a lot of the response was very um, heartfelt. Like um, they, some of them were thanking me that I was able to kind of write and describe what it was to feel like to be in their shoes and put into words for them. And so I think that was the point that I realized talking. Um, so I talked with my friend and I was like, do you think I could be depressed? And so um, I started kind of explaining everything that I was feeling and explaining like, you know, I never felt sad. Like I, but I just couldn't cry at all. Like I couldn't cry, but I wasn't like happy either. Like I, just had this kind of like coldness to me and he told me like I think you know you should I think you are depressed um and so that was kind of when I started reading more into depression and um I did kind of think about getting you know seeking out professional help but it was just kind of one of those things that I just couldn't take that step like um like it was always kind of lingering in the back of my mind. And to be honest, like a part of me kept in a way, like I was actually telling my friends like, okay, yeah, like I'll maybe I'll, you know, go seek out their prof uh, professional help. But I remember like back then it was kind of like an excuse for me. Like I was just saying it because I thought that that was what they wanted to hear. But like, I didn't have the actual like drive in me to actually take that step forward and to go find someone. So I think the reason why I was so held back about seeking out help was because I still had this thought in the back of my mind that like my situation wasn't that serious. I kept thinking like, oh, okay, well like, you know, you should seek out professional help if you're really like really struggling. And for me, you know, I thought, okay, well I'm not like, I don't feel suicidal. I'm not, you know, breaking down. I'm not like crying all the time like I'm like I can just push through this and so I think I just use that as kind of like a crutch to not seek out professional help or try to kind of downplay um, what it was I was feeling and thinking that oh you only need to seek out professional help when you're in a really bad situation so yeah that was kind of my perspective on <laughs> uh, mental health treatment and I do appreciate now that with mental health, it's being spoken about more and people are sharing things like they're going to therapy or they're looking for treatment or they're talking about depression, anxiety. But back then it wasn't really the case. And in 2013 for me, I went through a really traumatic car accident where I just felt like, you know, similar to you where you just smile, keep going, just show up and do things. But 
it was really hard to do that. And I just didn't want to do a lot of it. And at that time, I was a student at UBC and they were telling me, oh, you can go to counseling at UBC. And that was kind of it. My family didn't really know what counseling was. ICBC, which is an insurance company here in BC, they didn't suggest that to me. School just said go to counseling, but I didn't really understand any of that or how to cope with any of the traumatic instances that came with the car accident. And for anyone now who might be thinking about therapy, in my previous episode, my friend Jennifer, she's a therapist, she made a really great analogy about firefighting and how if you imagine you have a really, really big fire, it's going to be so hard to take that out and to deal with the aftermath of the burnt building and structure compared to if you're making preventative actions where you're making sure things aren't flammable or you're turning off the stove in your home, for example, so that you're taking steps and precautions so you're not getting to those big fires because it's so much more exhausting to take those out compared to the small ones. And with therapy, you know, it's a chance to be empowered and to have someone give you a different perspective. I think that movies, they make you make therapists look like you know you're sitting on a chair someone's Mm -hmm. across from you and you're just talking about your life and then they're looking at the clock and say time's up okay bye (laughs) but there's just so much more to it and I wish that the me in 2013 knew about it or even for you to have known about it back then what therapy is and what it entails and that it's not when you're at the end of your rope or at your rock bottom to go to And it's just something I'm such a big advocate for, just mental health. You don't have to go to therapy right away just if you're not comfortable, but it's about thinking about how are you feeling today? What's going on? What can you do to work on your mental health? Definitely. Like I will say for sure now, like I, my perspective has changed completely on seeking out, you know, mental health and stuff. And I think it does have to do a lot with the fact that there are more younger people that are talking about it more openly. And it makes you feel like, Hey, like I wasn't crazy, like, or I wasn't like some like weirdo or anything for feeling this way. Um, Like I remember, you know, back when I was dealing with like, like my depression really badly, I got the biggest thing was just like feeling isolated and how I was feeling and what I was going through. And so I think it's really great now that we have so much access to others that are kind of in the same position and to be able to have all of these open conversations addressing um, mental health and stuff like I think it really does like it definitely helped me a lot to see um, and read about other people's experiences and have them open up because it made me feel like okay like I kind of have a safe space or at least a safe like community that I need to talk about something, then at least I know that there's someone else out there that would understand or at least like listen to what I was going through. So, and I'm really grateful that you shared your story because it, it just hits home. You don't realize all the things that people are going through behind what you typically see online of them. And I hope that by sharing your story and being able to shed light on 
the many perspectives of being an online influencer that people can understand, hey, maybe think twice before you decide to say something online or really understand what it means to be the person behind the camera. Yeah. (laughs) We're people too, you know? Yeah. (laughs) We're not invincible. (laughs) Exactly. We're, we're all humans. And I know it's been a, a while since you last streamed. Is this something that you miss doing or, and that you would ever get back into? Yeah, so this, you know, this used to be a question that I thought about quite a lot, especially after my first big break. Um, And I remember, like, you know, a few years ago, I did try to get back into streaming more kind of at the same pace I was, but I think I just lost something, like something was cut out of me. And, you know, looking back at it now, like it's most likely just to do with everything that happened and just dealing with my family and the depression so even when I did try to go back um for a few years like it was just different like I I couldn't like you said I couldn't keep up the smiles and the persona of myself and so I knew that I needed to just cut it off completely and come back when I was ready to and I'm really grateful that you know my community once again like they were still there when I when I felt like I could come back you know there was days that I felt better and so they're waiting for me and I think even now like I just wish that I had that same drive in me to keep going with streaming I think now it's kind of a closed chapter of my life because there's just you know I think for myself um there's just too much energy that has to go behind streaming and I just don't have that time anymore but I know that if I were to kind of come back at least I can rely on my community and that's the one part that I really do miss the most is just being able to have something to talk about with them while we're playing and just you know kind of messing around with them on chat and stuff so community is so important and I think that I have my own small community of friends who I regularly play games with or interact. We like to talk about hot topics in our Discord chat every day. And they really helped throughout COVID even just being able to talk to people regularly, not having to see people, but you know, playing games together or having a conversation. It helped me a lot through some of my challenges over the past years. So I totally agree on community being a big positive aspect in my life. And what have you been up to now? How have you been? Uh, (laughs) So I'm doing a lot better. (laughs) I would say that my, I'm, I don't, I don't know how to say, do you say you're recovered or I guess like I broke free from the grips of depression. So, I mean, I don't think you can always completely let go of depression. Um, I feel that sometimes there's days that kind of creep up unnoticingly, but I would say that, you know, 99.99% of my days are luckily free of that now, which I'm really grateful for. Um, And I found an amazing job um, with this company called Launch. And so we're doing really great things and I still get to work a little bit kind of like, you know, with 
the gaming industry a bit, not too much, but um, and recently started up my own side business. So <laughs> that's been also really fun to do. So if anyone's listening and is into cross stitching, like <laughs> feel free to hit me up. I got, um, I sell a lot of supplies and kits. Um, but yeah, I've been kind of, you know, um, I've definitely kind of closed that streaming chapter behind for sure. And, um, been focusing a lot on just, uh, I guess more of my, my real life goals, but it's just nice to at least have some kind of connection with my community still, even though it's not on Twitch, at least I still have them on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah. And I love your cross-stitching. I totally stalked your Etsy <laughs> store. Where can people find you online? Yeah, so if anyone wants to find me, uh, my Instagram is Carrie Autumn. So it's K-I-R-E-I and then Autumn, like the season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, like feel free or you can find me on Facebook. Um, I guess Facebook might be harder. I have a lot of privacy settings. (laughs) But yeah, Instagram is probably the best way to connect. Um, I'm always open to talk about um, mental health stuff. Or if anyone's, you know, wants to get into the streaming, like, I know I'm a dinosaur now. So, you know, I'm not like the, <laughs> I'm not like the youngins, but. <laughs> Don't worry. There's so many memes that I'm clueless about. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, I, I feel like I'm old sometimes. Cause I'm like, <laughs> well, what are all these pictures? What are all these yeah. things that people yeah. have to explain them to me? But before we wrap up our mm-hmm. episode today, Jean, I'm just wondering, do you have any advice for someone who wants to start streaming or things that people should know about or things that you wish you knew before you started streaming? Oh, definitely. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess for uh, this is, I guess for the first part, for anyone that wants to start streaming, I used to have this question a lot of like, you know, how can I make money? How do you, you know, what advice do you have for like, you know, for me, I want to get into streaming and I think the best approach is like, you got to go in um, without expectations. I know it sounds kind of weird, but I think, you know, when people see like, you know, YouTubers, the top streamers making, you know, crazy amounts of money, like the first thing that comes in your head is like, oh my gosh, like it's so lucrative. Like I want to make money too. But the thing is like, that's the very like top, like that's like the 0.003%. There's so many people out there that, you know, barely get by um or can even get their first live streamer I mean five viewers and such and so I always try to tell people is like you know don't go in with expectations about how famous or how rich you're going to become from it I think when if you do want to go into streaming like it should just purely be because you want to do something that you enjoy and like for me personally like when I got into streaming like my main idea was just to have a way to connect with my gamer friends because they can watch me play or like watch themselves while they're in their games and um you know a lot of people I think nowadays um the perspective has been shifting more towards um a lot of people just trying to find these like social connections especially during you know the lockdowns and such I've had a lot more friends that wanted to try out streaming and I think it's great because you know it's something that I think everyone if they have the ability and confidence or you know desire to do so like I think streaming is a really great way to connect with other people um it is definitely a tough uphill journey if you want to be successful it's very um it's a lot it's a lot harder than a lot of people think to make your mark so um definitely 
yeah, I guess <laughs> just go in with no expectations, just have fun with it. Seriously, just, just think of it as like, you know, you're just having fun with it. The second part about, you know, what people should know about streaming and stuff is like, whether you're a viewer, or if you want to be a content creator, like in the end, a lot of the people that you interact with, they're going to be strangers. Like these are going to be people that you'll never, you know, maybe even meet in real life um, or people that, you know, you'll forget in a few years. So whether, you know, whatever negativity that they have to say about you or your journey or your decisions, like just kind of let them slide off because in the end, like these people are so um, minimal when it comes to your overall life picture and so don't let you know the haters or the people that try to discourage you um don't let it sink in too much and for those that are kind of viewers you know like just remember that being you know on a streamer and stuff like there are people behind the screen i mean like streamers behind the screen they're just like you like you know we see the chat we see everything you say we read everything you say and sometimes even though we don't you know let it show um sometimes negativity does hurt us and um you know be kind like even though we don't like say it or let it like let it be shown like sometimes the most unexpected things can really like hit deep so just remember there's a pe person behind us <laughs> i mean behind the screen um and you know last but not least like just understand that you know if you do have friends that want to start streaming or you have someone that you've uh, watched stream um, quite often, a favorite streamer and such, like try to, you know, give them some more credit. Um, I don't think people understand that streaming is a very exhausting, um, because it's a very exhausting pursuit. It's, people think, oh, you know, you can just turn on your screen, your webcam, and then boom, you're good. But it's like, as a streamer there's so many things that you have to be conscious of like you have to keep an eye on your chat you want to make it entertaining you want to be engaging and it takes a lot of energy out of streamers so you know if a streamer that you like decides hey man like i just need a break or something like try to be more understanding because you know they might be going through something that you don't realize like they might be struggling with their mental health they might just need that day off and so be kind to them because I've seen some people that get kind of crazy when people go on breaks or their favorite streamers just like disappears for a bit. I'm like, y'all need to realize that, you know, they might be going through some stuff. So treat them like humans because they are human. <laughs> yeah. Those are really valuable insights. And it's so true that at the end of the day, webcam on or webcam off, on or off screen, we're we still go lie down in bed and we have our thoughts or share our thoughts and we remember these things, whether or not you might be a streamer or not a streamer. There are a lot of implications that come with seeing comments online. And Jean, I wanted to thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and sharing with us today. No, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really... Yeah, I appreciate it, being able to talk about my story a little bit. 
I'll definitely put the link to where people can find you, your handle in the description and on my blog. So for any listeners who are visual learners or would like some more resources, you can check out my blog on shervin.ca or follow my Twitter at HelloShervin for updates. I'm still working on remembering to use hashtags there. (laughs) But I hope everyone gets to enjoy some of the sunshine and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much.